Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Today, we will close on Thanksgiving month, but it does not mean that we should not be grateful at all times. Even Thessalonians 5.18 challenges us to, be, to give thanks in all circumstances, not some, not most, all. So the point of our testimonies is to remind us why we should testify, why we should be grateful for God's goodness in our lives, even in the midst of pain or despair. So please keep listening to these messages and others on our podcast for, for them to just serve you as a reminder in case you forget, you know, you can always listen in. So let's turn to the book of John. Hey, John, please. Yes, this is the word of God. It's not among you. <laughs> so let's turn to the book of John, chapter 9, verses 1 to 25. The whole chapter is one story, but I want us to focus on your uh, verses 1 to 25. And I'd encourage you to read the whole story. And for the children, I'm sure some of you may know this story. So let's listen in. John, chapter 9, verses 1 to 25. Uh, for those who like to know what overall it's about, it's Jesus healing the blind man. I will read. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After seeing this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, and Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Verse 8, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, mm, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? they asked him. I don't know. Because clearly, he went washed, and Jesus was on his way. So he was like, Me, I'm healed, Bana. Bye. So now, the Pharisees, in verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the man had, had, had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. And if some of you know how the Pharisees were, they were following the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, and they are not feeling this Jesus by they're like this guy says he's the Messiah, perhaps. No. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? 
Now the parents, uh, if you see the story, they were very scared because ukitu wa nafarisis, ama wanitua sanetu, watu wa theology, unajua noma. So verse 20, we know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he's of age, he will speak for himself. himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That's why his parents said he is of age asking. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. How can he heal you on the Sabbath? And I absolutely love how this guy said. He was just like, ah, many chosha by the way. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. And later on, when you read the story, you see that, you know, later on, Jesus found him, and, you know, he said, do you know the son of man? And he was like, uh, I don't know. And he said, it is I, he was speaking to him. Uh, I'm just paraphrasing, perhaps. And, you know, um, the man was like, oh my God, oh Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. So it's just a beautiful story, because first we see how Christ had pity on this man. And secondly, the fact that this blind man's faith was just commendable. He had never seen Christ. He had never, like literally, this guy was blind from birth. So he could be living in his 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, we don't know. He had only heard of him. But the fact that... Like he was able to just be told, go to the, I'm sure it was more out of desperation, but I think it was just a faith move. Like me, by the way, I have tried everything. So this guy is telling me, go and wash, I shall go. Then of course he's brought before the Pharisees um, who want to bash Christ because they don't understand that he's the Messiah or the Son of God. But I, I think this man's testimony is what I call the mind drop in this story. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I'm sure those guys are just like, oh no, surely. We're trying to get the juice, the tea, you know? And you're here just telling us as long as you've been healed. Um, but I want to ask you all guys, I mean, this is rhetorical. Have you ever doubted God's power or mercy or grace at any one time until you see him do it for you? We've had it all in those testimonies that have been shared in the past few weeks and even today. When Mariana felt she couldn't move forward with selling her car, but God brought her into a church community where she could get help. Yeah, if you're floating, perhaps honor Mariana Kando. When Doris thought she couldn't pay for her son's speech therapy, but hearing her testimony as she went to her boss and just said, please, Miss Ibiene, and they covered it all. When Laurie did not know how he would meet his monthly bills, yet God provided. When Carol sees Jose, you know, honestly, all these testimonies, you can see they're just like, it's not coincidence. It's all God's love for us. And his mercy, his grace upon our lives. He's constantly reminding us, even when we don't see it, that I have never left you. I have never forsaken you. I am with you always. And so if, if that blind man had not had that encounter with Christ, he would have not acknowledged that this is indeed the Son of Man, the Savior of the world. Even when he stood in front of the Pharisees, he was not ashamed. Please note, his own parents were so scared 
They're like, Buddha boss, uko peke yako, like, you're on your own. Uh, but he was like, what? Me, I don't know this guy, but he healed me. And I'm, I was blind, but now I see. So how many times has God done wonders in your life? And we either refuse to share it, or we're ashamed to testify. Please remember what I said in the first week, that that's what the devil wants. He wants you to be quiet. He wants you to think that you made it on your own, like Snoop Dogg, I wanna thank me. He wants you to know that the shame that God delivered you from is still with you. But when you remember the memory verse, Psalm 119 verse 46, I will also speak of your testimonies before King. But please note, David says, I will also, not I will speak, I will also. So he was meaning that you're testifying even in other areas. But I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. I want to challenge all of us, including myself. Do not be ashamed of Christ and what he's done for you. Because, because, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. If you have not read this scripture before and shaken in your boots, I don't know what will shake you. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. If you stand before others and are willing to say you believe in me, then I will tell my Father in heaven that you belong to me. But if you stand before others and say you do not believe in me, then I will tell my Father in heaven that you do not belong to me. If that does not make you quiver and shake and tetemeka, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. But I really hope that we can be bold and unashamed of our testimonies. That we can stand here and say, you know what? I'm not bragging. This is I can I'm just standing here to testify that this was all God. This was all God. Even when it's something that maybe seems so silly to some. You know, it is your story, own it. And the fact that you can see and you're proud to stand and say, you know what? God delivered me from this, or God provided this, or God did this. He will not be ashamed of you. I want to conclude because I see people are just getting hungry and they're looking at me that look for Madame. Um, there's a story, there's a story of a lady that uh, you can go and follow her. Um, she's called Kathleen Wolf. I follow on social media and I had her story once uh, on YouTube and then I just followed her from all through. But you can search her up. Um, she has a website called Hope Heals. But even if you search Kathleen with a K, Wolf, like Wolf, yes, um, you'll see her story. And I'll just quickly share her story a bit because this, um, I will explain why later. Kathleen and her husband Jay met in college, got married, and moved to LA, Los Angeles, to pursue law school. Their son James was born in 2007. And she was fine, she was good. And just six months later, Catherine miraculously survived a catastrophic stroke caused by a congenital brain defect she never knew she had. She was 26 years old at the time. After a 16-hour brain surgery, 40 days in the ICU, a year in neuro rehab, and 11 operations, she continues her recovery to this day. Six weeks after surgery, Kathleen learned that she shouldn't have lived. Like, by then this was those that she was going to just die. The hospital staff, her family and her friends considered her a slow motion miracle girl. Even though Kathleen's body would never heal completely, her spirit mended. She began seeing the miracles she had missed before. Please note, while she's in this situation, 
She saw the miracle that her husband unexpectedly came home and was able to call 911 on the day she had the stroke, that her surgeon decided to operate despite a poor prognosis, and that her husband's sister or her sister-in-law was able to care for their son, James. The wolves, Catherine and her husband, used the symbol of an anchor to describe their renewed hope in God, a concept taken from Hebrews 6.19. We have this hope as an anchor for our lives, safe and secure. They have anchored their hope in eternal life, not in Catherine's physical recovery, though she fights for improvement every day. And if you see her, her speech is a bit messed up, her face is paralyzed, her hand is not so good, so sometimes she uses a wheelchair, sometimes she uses a cane. And defying the odds, Catherine became a mother again on June 26, 2015, in her condition. She gave birth to a second son, John Nestor Wolf. Um, but you can read more about Catherine on her website, hopeheals.com, or even if you look up, up on YouTube. I absolutely how, love how she says, like, you may still believe that my healing will come when I see Christ. Her healing is not, she doesn't see it here. She doesn't mean, even if I don't walk again, even if I don't, uh, my face is not beautiful again, because she used to be a model at some point. But she looks to the hope who is in Christ. So I want to challenge you all. Where is your hope? Where is your hope? Is it in your job? Is it in your business? Is it in your talents and skills, like the ones we've uh, recognized today? Or is it in Christ? Remember the blind man. He was blind since birth. But on one day, just one day, an encounter with Christ, his sight was restored. So he met the man, the Savior, Jesus Christ. May we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because through that, we will have the courage and the boldness to share our testimonies and be unashamed of what God has done for us. Amen. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.